Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811, I'm going to demonstrate to you this segment, the intersection of climate change as religion and the corrupt media. Sarah Rump writes for Mediaite. Nobody really knows why Mediaite exists. It's sort of the little sister to... Media Matters, but nonetheless. Sarah Rump, I don't know who she is. She's probably 12 years old. Here's the headline, but I'm going to prove a point. Mark Levin claims carbon dioxide is not a pollutant, quote-unquote, in rant about Biden's greenhouse gas policies. This is about my show Sunday, which was superb, if I say so myself. Thank you. Fox News host Mark Levin declared that carbon dioxide was, quote, not a pollutant, unquote, in the opener to Sunday's episode of Life, Liberty, and Levin, offering an inaccurate and incomplete definition of greenhouse gases during a rant about President Joe Biden's energy policies. Wow. And here I thought I dug into all these facts, but, quote, I'm going to prove to you in the next 10 minutes that Joe Biden and the Democrat Party are responsible for sabotaging our economy, unquote, Levin announced to kick off the show. He dug into his monologue complaining about European environments, environmentalists during the 70s, the Green New Deal, and playing one of his favorite tunes, a brief critique of Karl Marx and how he hated the industrial society, before accusing the Biden White House of supporting a war on capitalism. See, this is a young lady, I guess, a birthing person. I don't know. Maybe transitioning. Who can tell? Utterly ignorant. Has never read my books. Knows nothing about carbon dioxide. Nothing. Maybe she missed science during third grade. The whole stuff with plants 
carbon dioxide, creating oxygen, you know, all that stuff. The inflation that is currently troubling the American economy and the Democrats' midterm election hopes was not because of Putin or the world economy, Levin said. Quote, it is Biden and the Biden administration and the Democrats embrace every syllable of this propaganda from Marxists and environmentalists. The Fox News host criticized Biden's policies, like revoking approval for the Keystone XL pipeline and opposing a moratorium on oil and gas leases on federal lands and waters. Uh, I showed a hell of a lot more than that, but this is the best she could do. A, quote, willingness to use one climate activist's favorite tactics, blocking midstream pipelines to restrict upstream production in an effort to reduce greenhouse gases. Actually, I was quoting an expert there. I'm telling you, corrupt and stupid. Now, what are greenhouse gases, Levine asked rhetorically. Are greenhouse gases poisonous? It sounds so ominous. No, he insisted, offering this explanation. Again, the point of this is to show you the intersection of the climate change sort of obsession, faith, religion, and the corruption of the media. I've never understood why people have to write anything since I spoke to millions of people. But I guess I need an interpreter. Greenhouse gases are in the atmosphere. You ever drive by one of those sort of glass buildings and they create a greenhouse gas environment? so they can grow plants during the winter or during a harsh season. Those are greenhouses, right? That's greenhouse gas. Carbon dioxide, that's what they focus on. The vast majority of the greenhouse gases are condensation, water. Carbon dioxide represents, well, let me give you an example. You have a stadium of 10,000 seats, four seats, four seats, almost no pollution when you really think about it as a result of carbon dioxide. And what else? Without carbon dioxide, we die. Carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. The federal government doesn't even have regulatory authority to regulate it. It's not a pollutant. What is it? It is oxygen for plants. In essence, plants use carbon dioxide to create oxygen for you and me. Remember when we used to like the Amazon? We used to like trees. We used to like all those things. Well, they suck up our carbon dioxide and push out oxygen. Now, she says, for starters, Levin's claim that the federal government no longer has the authority to regulate greenhouse gases is not accurate. Last month's Supreme Court decision in West Virginia versus EPA struck down a specific Obama-era EPA regulation on power plant emissions, clean power plant, but did not eliminate the, <coughs> the agency's ability to regulate greenhouse gas emissions entirely. Massachusetts versus EPA, among other cases, still stands as precedent, granting the EPA authority to en- enact regulations in this era. That's my point, dimwit. They had no authority. The Supreme Court, by a 5-4 decision, as I've said in the past, in that case, opened the possibility that the EPA could regulate carbon dioxide. Why? Because carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. And they didn't have the power to regulate a non-pollutant under the Clean Air and Clean Water Act provisions. That was my point. She missed it by a mile. Now, to the definitions. The Environmental Protection Agency website defines greenhouse gases as simply gases that, quote, trap heat in the atmosphere, unquote, and lists four main types, three of which Levin neglected to mention. I have ten minutes there, young lady. You are a young lady? A lady and young, I guess? I never said there were only two. 
should be noted the EPA's definitions are not liberal talking points. Conservative Coalition for Climate Solutions, founded by former Republican congressional think tank staffers, has posted good resource on this topic. Oh, thank you. In addition to carbon dioxide, greenhouse gases also include nitrous oxide. By the way, anyone can look this up. Methane, she goes on. Fluorinated gases, hydrofluorocarbons especially. Those types of greenhouse gases are generated not just in the natural environment, but also through human-made industrial processes. Even the ones that are generated naturally, like the methane infamously expelled by flatulent cows, have a direct connection to human activity. To be accurate, it's cow burps, not farts, that generate a greater amount of methane, according to NASA, which with additional greenhouse gases emitted from processing cow manure. A 2017 NASA climate study showed that the impact of methane emissions from livestock have been underestimated, as reported by Forbes. She quotes Forbes. Even carbon dioxide, which, which Levin frames as natural and not a pollutant, quote-unquote, also enters the atmosphere through artificial means, including treatment of solid waste, chemical processes. Who cares? I said it's four seats out of 10,000. It's 0.04%, no matter how it's created. Sarah Hunt, CEO and president of Joseph Rainey Center for Public Policy and the former head of Alex Energy Innovation Project, told Mediate that she emphatically disagreed with Levin's assertion that carbon dioxide was not a pollutant. Who cares? It's not a pollutant. As a matter of fact, this is the problem. As a matter of fact, they so desperately wanted to be a pollutant, ladies and gentlemen. Cow manure is all natural and helps plants grow, said Hunt. But it's also a pollutant when it's in drinking water. Are you... You believe this, Stephen? Is it the stupidest damn thing you've ever heard? You can drown in water too, right? That doesn't make it a pollutant. You can drown in water. That doesn't mean water's a pollutant. She emphatically disagreed, but it's also pollutant when it's in the drinking water. The same is true of carbon. It's useful for some application, but it's a pollutant that causes harm when there's too much of it in the atmosphere, but there isn't. She also pointed out some specific impacts of excess carbon dioxide in the atmosphere that were being studied. Oh, well, that's good. It's about time they're studying it. Mentioning there was research suggesting increased atmospheric carbon dioxide has reduced the nutritional quality of plants. We Ah, bullcrap. Oh, crap. Biden administration's incoherent energy policies are concerning for reasons that have nothing to do with climate change, Hunt said. It's an irresponsible red herring to suggest climate policy is the cause for our current domestic energy challenges. Uh, dim-witted, it's called climate change. It's called the Green New Deal. And media out reached out to Fox News for comment, but did not receive a response. Now, I've given you the response, moron. This has to be one of the dumbest essays I've ever read. I don't know who this Sarah Rump is. Don't really give a damn. When we come back, 
They've destroyed Monticello, Thomas Jefferson's historic home. Now they're destroying James Madison's historic home. Same billionaire. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, would you turn down millions of dollars a year? All you'd have to do is surrender your independence and abandon your principles for the money. That's a devil's bargain. Sadly, it's one that almost all American colleges and universities make. But there's one college in America saying no. My favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College refuses to accept one penny of taxpayer money, not even indirectly in the form of federal student grants and loans. By saying no to government money, Hillsdale remains genuinely independent, free from corrupting federal mandates, and most importantly, free to pursue its original 1844 mission, pursuing truth and defending liberty. In addition, over 3 million citizens have enrolled in Hillsdale's free online courses. And over 6 million American households, including mine, receive Hillsdale's free monthly publication in Primus. You can learn more about Hillsdale's independence from government, its mission of defending liberty, and its national outreach programs at levinforhillsdale.com. Last week, we discussed how... Monticello has been turned into a nightmare, pushing critical race theory and the radical left agenda, the destruction of key founding fathers, and it continues. Mary Kay Lynch and John Levine reporting in the New York Post, founding father James Madison sidelined by woke history in his own home. The globalist built... <coughs> Excuse me. The globalist billionaire who funded the woke transformation of Thomas Jefferson Monticello paid for a similar overhaul of James Madison's house, where the author of the U.S. Constitution has been shoved into a supporting role while slavery and racism take center stage. No American flags fly at Montpierre, Madison's plantation home in rural Virginia. And not a single display focuses on the life and accomplishments of America's foremost political philosopher, who created our three-branch federal system of government, wrote the Bill of Rights and the Federalist Papers, and served two terms as president. Instead, blindsided tourists are hammered by high-tech exhibits about Madison's slaves and current racial conflicts, thanks to a $10 million grant from left-leaning philanthropist David M. Rubenstein. Now remember this guy gave $20 million to Monticello. Quote, I was kind of thinking we'd be hearing more about the Constitution, one baffled dad said when the New York Post visited the president's home this week, but everything he's really about is slavery. It's been inspirational, I guess, shrugged John from Wisconsin after taking the $35 guided tour. Reviewers on social media have been more harsh. They really missed the mark. Greg Hancock of Mesa, Arizona, posted last week. We left disappointed not learning, uh, not having learned more about the creation of the Constitution. The worst part were the gross historical inaccuracies and constant bias exhibited by the tour guide complained Alex Z, who visited on July 8th. Visitors, visitors to Montpelier get to see just three rooms in the sprawling mansion. The estate, quote, made Madison the philosopher, farmer, statesman, and enslaver that he was, unquote, the guide said, 
As the post group entered the home, a line she repeated at the end of her spiel. Outdoors and in the house's huge basement, dozens of interactive stations seek to draw a line between slavery, the Constitution, and the problems of African Americans today. A one-hour critical race theory experience disguised as a tour groused Mike LaPola of Tulsa, Oklahoma, after visiting last August. Yep. Hurricane Katrina flooding the... uh, Hurricane Katrina flooding and the Ferguson riots, incarceration, and more are all traced back to slavery, according to a 10-minute multi-screen video. Another exhibit damns every one of the nation's first 18 presidents, even those like John Adams and Abraham Lincoln, who never owned slaves, for having benefited from slavery in some way. The only in-depth material about the Constitution itself appears in a display that pushes the claim championed by the controversial 1619 Project that racism was the driving force behind the entire American political system. Unbelievable. Even the children's section of the gift shop leans far left with titles like Anti-Racist Baby by Ibrahim K. Kendi and She Persisted by Chelsea Clinton. Virginia Representative Bob Good called the historical rewrite a deliberate attack on those founding institutions. The left is trying to revise our history and is perpetuating a dishonest narrative. Yeah, I think we know that. But the progressive programming will likely accelerate in the wake of a board battle at the foundation, the nonprofit that runs the estate. In May, the National Trust for Historic Preservation, which owns the home, forced the board, forced the board, to accept a slate of left-wing activist members in the name of racial equity. The new members aim to transform James Madison's home into, quote, a black history and black rights organization that could care less about James Madison and his legacy, unquote. Board member Mary Alexander, a documented descendant of Madison's slave Paul Jennings, told the Orange County Review. There are hundreds of thousands of slave owners, Alexander said, but not hundreds of thousands who wrote the Constitution. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, who rose to power on parent outcry over critical race theory in public schools, refused to comment on Rubenstein's donation, although the two were close allies at the Carlisle Group investment firm where they both made fortunes. Well, that appears to be a big difference, I would say, between DeSantis and Youngkin. I don't think DeSantis would duck on this. Do you, Mr. Producer? I think he'd grab the bull, the bull by the horns and wrestle it to the ground. This is disgusting. I'll be right back. Folks, would you turn down millions of dollars a year? All you'd have to do is surrender your independence and abandon your principles for the money. That's a devil's bargain. Sadly, it's one that almost all American colleges and universities make. But there's one college in America saying no. My favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College refuses to accept one penny of taxpayer money, not even indirectly in the form of federal student grants and loans, by saying no to government money. Hillsdale remains genuinely independent, free from corrupting federal mandates, and most importantly, free to pursue its original 1844 mission, pursuing truth and defending liberty. In addition, over 3 million citizens have enrolled in Hillsdale's free online courses. 
and over 6 million American households, including mine, receive Hillsdale's free monthly publication of Primus. You can learn more about Hillsdale's independence from government, its mission of defending liberty, and its national outreach programs at levinforhillsdale.com. If the world seems so confusing, Mike will be glad to clear that up for you. Call in now at 877-381-3811. I love the way uh, Larry Hogan, the governor of Maryland, says, you know, Trump's influence in the party is waning. And Larry Hogan's influence on the party never existed. Hogan wants to run in the Republican primary to show, you know, I guess. Show his colors, get famous. I don't know. You know, in Maryland, they have, uh, you folks have your primary tomorrow. I would vote against anybody Larry Hogan endorses. He's got one of his own hacks running. Former secretary of this or that. So, uh, if you're not going to nominate a concern, now's the time to do it, right? It's a tough state. Nobody denies that. It's a tough state. Well, we have a hero in Indiana. Best for you to hear this from the police chief in, uh, in Indiana, in Greenwood, Indiana. Jim Eisen at a press conference today. Cut one, go. The following is a, a timeline of events. We know that Mr. Sapperman, through surveillance video, entered the mall at entrance four by the food court at 4.54 p.m. He walks directly to the food court restroom. One hour and two minutes later, he exits the restroom and shoots Victor Gomez outside of the restroom. He then points his rifle into the food court where Pedro and Rosa Pineda were eating dinner and shot both Rosa and Pedro. He then fired several more rounds into the food court, uh, striking a 22-year-old female who is currently recovering from a leg wound at Eskenazi Hospital, and a bullet fragment believed to have ricocheted off of uh, a wall um, did strike a 12-year-old female who was running towards exit four uh, in the back. Uh, that was a minor wound treated at the hospital. Uh, they did remove a small piece of metal uh, jacket, uh, most likely from a ricochet. At 5.57 p.m., uh, the shooter was confronted by our Good Samaritan, who I will identify in just a moment. Uh, the Good Samaritan was armed with a pistol and engaged the uh, shooter as he stood outside the restroom area firing into the food court. The shooter fired several rounds, striking the suspect. The suspect attempted to retrieve, ba retreat back into the restroom and fail, fell to the ground after being shot. Cut two. The Good Samaritan. Once again, he has authorized us to release his name. He is requesting you give him time to process uh, and, and grieve himself uh, before reaching out to him. His name is Elijah Dickin, and that is spelled E-L-I-S-J-S-H-A, and he resides in Seymour, Indiana. He was at the mall last night with his girlfriend shopping. Cut three, go. I personally didn't speak to him. Um, I did watch the video, the surveillance video, which captured... Um, 
pretty much the entire incident. I will say um, his actions were nothing short of heroic. Um, he engaged the, the gunman from quite a distance with a handgun, uh, was very proficient in that, very tactically sound. And as he moved to uh, close in on the suspect, he was also motioning for people to exit behind him. Um, he has, to our knowledge, uh, he has no police training and no uh, military background. And this story will last for one day and then it'll die. Because I suspect this sort of thing happens often. Maybe not to this degree. Maybe not to this degree. Maybe in other ways. But here we have a young man, 22 years old, with a concealed carry. Thank God he's, he has his gun with him. He's proficient with the weapon. 22 years old, ladies and gentlemen. 22. And he takes out this killer who killed three people and would have killed many, many more, but for the hero. And this is why so many of us support the ability of citizens to carry weapons to protect themselves and their fellow citizens. This is why so many of us support trained, armed guards in our schools. Now compare this to what happened in Texas at Uvalde. Do you know the latest report says that up to 400 members of law enforcement were on the scene at one point, Mr. Producer? 400! And you watch the video of these guys. It, 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 it is disgusting to me. I mean, I'm no cop, obviously. I'm not trained in these things. But if you're shooting little kids, I'm going in. People say, I don't know what you would do, you know. and I know what I would do. It wouldn't matter. It just wouldn't. It's just uh, um, unbelievable. Confusion about who's in command, who's not in command. Okay. That's when the heroes step up. Who is in command in this mall? Nobody. Nobody. This young man, 22 years old, he knew what he had to do. And he did it. He's not even trained to do it. In a situation like that, it's kill or people die. Kill or be killed. Now, I know this is harsh on the ears of the cringing left-wing goons out there. Who don't think this will ever happen to them. I got it. That they believe the Constitution is written by, you know, Jefferson, and who, of course, didn't write it. He wasn't even there. But Madison, whose names, whose homes have to be desecrated by some billionaire a-hole. Unbelievable. Do you know you wouldn't have a Bill of Rights but for James Madison? I've told this story before. You won't even hear this at James Madison's home during the tour. 
in addition to all the great things that man did. When the first Congress met, after the Constitution was eventually ratified, it was Madison who stood up and reminded the House of Representatives he'd been elected to the House from Orange County, Virginia, having defeated James Monroe. As a matter of fact, I've told you this story before, but still. And he reminded the members of the House that they had promised the states upon ratification of the Constitution that the, one of the first objectives for the new House of Representatives would be to address their concerns. Many of the states, I should say several of the states, would have voted against the Constitution. Except for that promise, but the House wasn't moving along to address it. So, Madison did. And he asked for a committee of the whole, meaning the whole House, and he was voted down, and they created a committee, and they put Madison as the chairman, and the committee came up with 17 amendments based on what the states had said in the past. Those were sent to the Senate. They whittled it down to 12, which were then adopted by the House. Two-thirds of both bodies and went to the states. And the states ratified the first 10 amendments. They didn't ratify all 12. They ratified 10 of them. And that's how you got the Bill of Rights. And that's not even in any of the tour guide comments or anything else when you go to Madison's home. Free speech, due process, warrants, probable cause, a takings clause, equal protection, on and on, the right to bear arms. It's truly unbelievable. It's grotesque what these people are doing to our country, this billionaire, Ruben Stein or Steen. People need to find out more about this guy. What's next? Mount Vernon? Washington's home? He's a big donor to them, too. Looks like this multi-billionaire is systematically going through every one of these founders' homes and funding projects to destroy the message of the founding. To destroy it. And he was part of the Carlisle Group in Washington, D.C. And I'm just saying to Governor Yunkin, who I have great admiration for, I'm just reading that you want to be President of the United States, that you want to do MAGA without Trump. You've got to have to do MAGA then. Period. You've only been governor about 14 minutes. Show us. Show us what you would do. Apparently this guy, Rubenstein, is a friend of yours. Well, call up your friend. This is the thing about DeSantis. You don't even have to give it a second thought. He knows right from wrong, good from evil. And he jumps in. You know, just jumps in. Takes care of business. 
I'm not putting anybody down. I just want to see more action here in Virginia. These homes are in Virginia. It's a lot of history in the state of Virginia. So many of the great founders lived in the state of Virginia. What next? They're going to go after Patrick Henry, who'd been governor, among other things? You watch. Because this is an entire program funded by a billionaire to destroy each and every one of these institutions. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, would you turn down millions of dollars a year? All you'd have to do is surrender your independence and abandon your principles for the money. That's a devil's bargain. Sadly, it's one that almost all American colleges and universities make. But there's one college in America saying no. My favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College refuses to accept one penny of taxpayer money, not even indirectly in the form of federal student grants and loans. By saying no to government money, Hillsdale remains genuinely independent, free from corrupting federal mandates, and most importantly, free to pursue its original 1844 mission, pursuing truth and defending liberty. In addition, over 3 million citizens have enrolled in Hillsdale's free online courses. And over 6 million American households, including mine, receive Hillsdale's free monthly publication in Primus. You can learn more about Hillsdale's independence from government, its mission of defending liberty, and its national outreach programs at levinforhillsdale.com. So the hero's name, Elijah Dickens, 22, of Seymour, Indiana. Shopping with his girlfriend at the Greenwood Park Mall. Shots rang out in the food court Sunday, just before 6 p.m. And he takes action into, and he takes it into his own hands. That's what you expect from a police officer in Uvalde, Texas. Parents are fighting to get in, and they're put under arrest, or they're physically prevented. I don't know a parent on the face of the earth that wouldn't give up their life to save their child. I don't know any. Don't get me wrong. I know there's evil, but you get my point. And honestly, I didn't know a police officer that would allow such things to happen either. Because 99.999% of them wouldn't. You watch these videos, it makes you sick to your stomach. I hope they will release the video where we can see Elijah Dickin. 22. And let that be a message to the would-be killers out there. That there are some of us that do carry weapons. And if we have to, we will use them against somebody who is killing our fellow citizens. Yeah, I've got all kinds of clips here on the systemic failures in Uvalde and the shooting. And I'm not going to play them all because it comes down to one thing. They're going to get into there was who was in command, there was dispute over command. They didn't show the guts to put this punk down. There's a Border Patrol agent with a shotgun who ran into the building. That's what ended it. 
and there were scores and scores of mistakes and opportunities to deal with this. Apparently, they say you fired 100 rounds in the first moments. 100 rounds. But that also means the police heard 100 rounds, or somebody heard 100 rounds. Or they were told that there were 100 rounds. So it's not just the chief, although what a disgrace. Every one of those officers in that video, standing in that building, and not rushing to defend those children, they have to live with this. And every parent has to mourn this day in and day out for the rest of their lives. By the way, the Colbert Nine, the Colbert Nine, were in the Capitol building when they weren't supposed to be there, unattended. The U.S. attorney in Washington, D.C., who prosecutes every Republican he can find, dropped the charges against them. Be too difficult to prove, don't you know? We haven't proved a hell of a lot so far, Mr. Graves. All you have to do is threaten people with long long jail time, jail sentences, and they'll agree to whatever it is you pressure them to agree to because they don't want to be away from their families for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And they don't want to be labeled insurrectionists. So you get them to plead to a, a misdemeanor crime, one or two, serve 60 days in jail because you have a whole bunch of judges who will do your bidding for you. It's pathetic. I don't care if they're appointed by Republicans or Democrats. It's the most damning thing to watch. Damning. 69-year-old woman. She was in the Capitol building for five minutes. Read this whole article. She didn't hurt anyone. She didn't commit any acts of violence. No, she shouldn't have been there. Judge sentenced her to 60 days, and she's a cancer patient. Her problem was she should have been writing comedy for Colbert, and the charges would have been dropped. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mm, Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Pew Research, Naomi Foreman Katz, and Mark Jerkowski, if that is his name. U.S. journalists differ from the public in their views of both sideism and journalism. You know what's funny about this? I wrote an entire book on this called Unfreedom of the Press. Journalists in the United States differ markedly from the general public. 
in their views of both sidism, whether journalists should always strive to give equal coverage to all sides of an issue. Well, all sides of an issue wouldn't be both sidism. It would be objectivity, right? According to a recent Pew Research Center study, a little more than half of the journalists surveyed, 55%, say that every side does not always deserve equal coverage in the news. By contrast, 22% of Americans overall say the same, whereas about three-quarters, 76%, say journalists should always strive to give all sides equal coverage. Count me among the 76% if you're going to be a journalist. A new analysis of these survey findings shows that attitudes among both journalists and the public differ by age and political factors. Opinions among journalists also vary based on how they view the issue of misinformation. While opinions among Americans overall vary based on their trust in the news. The issue of whether to try to provide equal coverage to all sides gained new intensity during Donald Trump's presidency and the widespread disinformation and competing views surrounding the 2020 election and the COVID-19 pandemic, says Pew. While some feel that equal coverage is always necessary to allow the public to be equally informed about multiple sides of an issue, those who disagree argue that people making false statements or unsupported conjectures do not warrant as much attention as those making factual statements with solid supporting evidence. You mean like Russia collusion? I'm getting to a point. Roughly 6 in 10 U.S. journalists aged 18 to 29, 63% say every side does not always deserve equal coverage. 37% of journalists in this age range say journalists should always strive to cover all sides equally. Percentages that are very similar to the breakdown among journalists ages 30 to 49. But those numbers change noticeably for journalists 50 and older who are evenly split between the two viewpoints. All right, I can cut to the chase here. I did a lot of research for freedom of the press. In journalism school over the country, there is an ideology that's being pressed. You know about critical race theory. You know about transgender modeling. You know about uh, or promotion. You know about uh, degrowth, climate change, and so forth and so on. So in journalism school, they teach something called community journalism or public journalism. Just a reminder. And what that is, is a cover for social activism. Social activism journalism. Where they call the shots about what's important, what's not important. About who's telling the truth, who isn't telling the truth. Basically, they are coloring their so-called reporting with a leftist ideology. That's why you see almost no difference whatsoever between the media and the Democrat Party. That's why you see the Washington Compost endorse a Democrat for president every single time, and same with the New York Slimes. They pretend that their news division is different than their editorial division. I don't know how you read Maggie Haberman over at the New York Times and draw that conclusion. I don't know how you watch her on cable TV and draw that conclusion. She's obsessed with Donald Trump, still. Obsessed with him. Says almost not a damn thing about Biden. She's like a 
a career phony journalist on uh, on Trump. She's obsessed with Trump. Among the general public, strong majorities in most partisan and demographic groups say each side warrants equal news coverage. But there are some differences by political party and age. Republicans and independents who lean to, the, lean to the Republican Party are much more likely than Democrats and Democratic leaners to say journalists should always strive to give every side equal coverage. 87% to 68%. So in other words, Democrats and those who think like Democrats really don't think Republicans should get covered. But it's not a matter of Republicans getting covered or Democrats getting covered, is it, ladies and gentlemen? <clears throat> All we want is the news. It may not even involve Democrats or Republicans. But here's the bottom line. America cannot stand the media. It's not because we oppose a free press. It's because we, we wish we had one. It's because we... We embrace freedom of speech, and we want a free press. But we we don't we don't need Chuck Todd or Georgie Stephanopoulos or this one or that one to pretend that they're the defenders of a free press. No, they're not. They're the defenders of their multi-million dollar salaries. How are they defending a free press? This guy Chuck Todd is the worst, but he's not alone. He's not alone. The whole lineup at MSLSD is a disgusting disgrace. Left-wing radical Democrat. I mean, Joy Reid? Joy Reid's a bigot. What's the other one? Terry Cross? Tiffany Cross. Scarborough? I mean, seriously? MSLSD? Not much different over on the network side. They just cover it up better on NBC. But it really is shocking. No, 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 no. We, we, don't, we don't report all sides of an issue. We have to decide who's telling the truth. And now you know why they always had the hatchet out for Trump. But I wrote all about that already in Unfreedom of the Press. Hook, line, and sinker. They do the same thing in Israel against Netanyahu, by the way. Although there they don't have a Fox News channel or very, very minimal conservative talk radio such as it is. The government owns all their licenses and so forth. I mean, the way they hammer Netanyahu there, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, they want him in prison. Here they want Trump in prison. Which brings me to that point. Justice Department steps up January 6th probe of those in Trump's orbit. The Wall Street Journal. I've been warning about this. Oh, yes. Let's see here. Justice Department is adding prosecutors and resources to its investigation into the actions of former President Trump's allies to overturn the 2020 election. According to people familiar with the matter, as the related congressional hearings have turbocharged interest in Mr. Trump's own role in that effort. And I always told you that the committee was basically a front for the Department of Justice, that they are colluding. And the committee is gaining access to information 
through the back door, circumventing the protections that each person has as a means of turning that information over to the Department of Injustice. A Justice Department team focusing on elements of the investigation beyond the violence at the Capitol on January 6th has in recent weeks been given more personnel, office space, and an expanded mandate, the people said. Now we have a criminal investigation of the Trump campaign, of Trump, Trump surrogates, and Republicans. Prosecutors have charged around 850 people in connection with the January 6th violence, including more than a dozen members of right-wing groups charged with engaging in a seditious conspiracy against the United States. Have you ever heard of one of these Marxists charged like this? I can't think of one. Certainly not in modern times. Maybe Sarah Rump can tell us. Maybe she'll call NASA or the EPA. As the Justice Department began in late 2021 to develop cases alleging complex conspiracies. Complex conspiracies? Really? And investigate sources of funding. It assigned an experienced prosecutor from Maryland, Thomas Wyndham, to focus on those efforts. So basically, they have appointed effectively a special counsel, not to investigate the Biden crime family, but January 6th. No such thing exists for the summer of 2020 or BLM or Antifa, no. Mr. Wyndham previously met with some skepticism within the department when he pushed to explore the activities of several members of Mr. Trump's inner circle, the people said with some officials believing prosecutors lack sufficient evidence to pursue those paths. All right, so this is self-aggrandizing. This is leaking. And I know of no crime that Donald Trump would have committed by lobbying members of state legislatures or government officials. None. You have out-of-control rogue prosecutors who are trying to criminalize Something that is not criminal. But the hearings have revealed new details of Mr. Trump's actions leading up to and on January 6th. What did I tell you? What did I tell you the purpose of the hearings were? Not congressional oversight. He's an ex-president. They want congressional oversight. How about dealing with the current president? The Manchurian president. Legal experts have said could put the former president in greater legal jeopardy for charges such as fraud. Fraud inciting a riot or obstructing the election certification wow sounds like Mr. Wyndham is an idiot but very very powerful he's a constitutional ignoramus that's what it sounds like to me testimony of former White House aide Cassidy Hutchison in particular including her allegation Mr. Trump knew some of the protesters were armed but warned them at his rally and one of them at his rally, and at the Capitol anyway, has broadened some justice officials' view. The potential scope of the probe, the people said, though officials said the testimony didn't prompt any change in investigative strategy. Her testimony was a disaster. People are coming out of the woodwork saying that she's a liar. And you say it didn't change the investigative strategy, and yet the whole article's on how it has changed the investigative strategy. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
You know, the American public is getting pinched right now. Stupid left-wing policies like shutting down the Keystone Pipeline have you paying way more than you should for gasoline, which also raises the cost of your grocery bills, everything. Hard to depend on government, but one thing you can depend on is Pure Talk, because Pure Talk still gives you talk, text, plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. No price increase there. I've told you before, I'm a customer. The 5G coverage, most reliable network in America, U.S. customer service, keeping jobs right here in America, and the CEO is a U.S. veteran. So stop giving your money away to these behemoth corporatists, Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, and subsidizing their causes. Switch to my guys, Pure Talk. With Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret this. So go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month you can literally be switched over to pure talk service in less than 10 minutes so go to puretalk.com enter promo code levin l-e-v-i-n podcast that's levin podcast you know uh, spend a little more time mr producer figuring out who this guy graves is this u.s attorney in washington i mean he's more political than any u.s attorney in my lifetime and he's cold-blooded. He lets the covert nine go, who are in the Capitol building illegally. Yes, misdemeanors, but nonetheless illegally. And he drops the charges. He doesn't throw the book at him and make him plead it down. No, he drops the charges. Meanwhile, look what's going on here. As recently as March, the Department of Justice was seeking additional prosecutors from around the country to work on the Capitol riot investigation for two-year terms, according to a uh, job posting, suggesting officials expect a protracted protracted investigation in court cases. Top Justice Department leaders and prosecutors on the case have said they aren't taking cues from the congressional inquiry. Didn't they just say they were? I mean, what is this? And it's widely televised hearings stressing that their investigation is operating separately. But the two investigations at times appear to be following similar tracks. People familiar with the department's probe have said criminal subpoenas have tended to closely follow requests issued by the committee and revealed publicly. Look, I worked at the Department of Justice for some time. Prosecutors are working with the former prosecutors on the staff of this committee. That's exactly what's taking place. I don't care how much they lie about it. That's exactly what's taking place. Benny Hill Thompson, the chairman, told CNN the committee has started producing information for DOJ, but only related to its investigation into the submission of false slates of pro-Trump electors to Congress. The pro-Trump electors cast symbolic ballots for Mr. Trump in several states he lost, hoping Congress would count them instead of the official results. Several electors have denied any wrongdoing, say they only meant to preserve options in case a court ruling broke Mr. Trump's way. Folks, listen, there's nothing criminal about this. They're trying to use criminal language. They're trying to criminalize it. The Department of Justice, which has hated Trump since he announced he was running the first time around, and had a main role in Russia collusion, had a main role in leaking to the media, That's the same Department of Justice acting now, except now it's Biden in charge. 
Mr. Thompson said the Department of Justice is interested in transcripts of the interviews the committee has conducted with some of the false electors. He also suggested the panel wouldn't be turning over transcripts in their entirety, but would consider having prosecutors come review them in person. A Justice Department official said the agency still wants all the transcripts. Now you know why some people are resisting testifying in front of this committee or pleading the fifth. Because it is a front operation to get around the Bill of Rights. That's what it is. And then they have former federal prosecutors on the usual networks pressing for charges against the president, pressing for charges against people around the president. It's like, it's, it's like uh, it, the old Soviet Union or maybe the, the current Russia. The false electors portion of the Justice Department, these aren't false electors. The guy told you exactly what they were doing. Has been underway for several months. Prosecutors have issued subpoenas seeking information about the unauthorized pro-Trump electors. Two people familiar with the subpoena said. One subpoena issued in May to Patrick Garland, a Georgia Republican who signed up to be a Trump elector, but said he withdrew before the election. Sought any communications about any efforts to serve as a Trump elector with a list of nearly 30 people, including attorneys John Eastman and Rudy Giuliani and other conservative activists, according to a copy reviewed by the Wall Street Journal. A copy reviewed by the Wall Street Journal? Prosecutors are sitting down with the media. Mr. Gartland said he spoke to federal investigators who visited his home. The subpoena and other aspects of Mr. Wyndham's focus, the prosecutor, were earlier reported by the New York Times. Now, here's the buildup. In Maryland, Mr. Wyndham developed a reputation as a standout prosecutor who scored convictions in several high-profile domestic terrorism cases. So they bring in the high-profile domestic terrorism prosecutor because he's fabulous. He's perfect. He can't be criticized. And we need a hard ass like that. Yeah. I'll be right back. You know, the American public is getting pinched right now. Stupid left-wing policies like shutting down the Keystone Pipeline have you paying way more than you should for gasoline, which also raises the cost of your grocery bills, everything. Hard to depend on government, but one thing you can depend on is Pure Talk, because Pure Talk still gives you talk, text, plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. No price increase there. I've told you before, I'm a customer. The 5G coverage, most reliable network in America, U.S. customer service, keeping jobs right here in America, and the CEO is a U.S. veteran. So stop giving your money away to these behemoth corporatists, Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, and subsidizing their causes. Switch to my guys, Pure Talk. With Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret this. So go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month you can literally be switched over to pure talk service in less than 10 minutes so go to puretalk.com and a promo code levin l-e-v-i-n podcast that's levin podcast this is the octagon of talk radio the mike levin show call in now at 877-381-3811 you notice how when aoc is uh mocked on the Capitol steps by a comedian. Um, You have conservative after conservative saying that's not the way to treat her. 
understandably. And yet, you don't have liberal after liberal, Democrat after Democrat, Marxist after Marxist, saying that about Barrett and her children, do you? That's not the way to treat them? They use brass knuckles. We use cooking mittens. Just pointing it out. Now the prosecutors, and the Democrats, and the media, again, are not the only ones going after Trump. The Iranian, the Iranians are plotting to kill him. I wonder how many prosecutors are on that job. That is to protect Trump. By Rachel Hagan with the mirror. Iran is plotting to kill or capture Donald Trump and his former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, according to a leaked U.S. government intelligence report. The Middle East nation is seeking to avenge the U.S. for the death of Major General Qassam Soleimani, a powerful Iranian commander at the hands of a U.S. drone strike two years ago. The astonishing claim came from the latest National Counterterrorism Center report, that said the Iranian regime is waging a multi-pronged campaign against select U.S. officials. How come this isn't on major TV? All we get is Adam Kingsinger and uh, every reprobate. It said this includes threats of lethal action, international legal maneuvering, and the issuance of Iranian arrest warrants and sanctions. The Iranian... The leading Iranian figure, this Soleimani, was killed in a drone strike near Baghdad Airport when he was visiting Iraq in January 2020. Since January 2021, Tehran has publicly expressed a willingness to conduct lethal operations inside the United States and has consistently identified former President Donald Trump, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and former General Kenneth McKenzie as among its top priorities for retribution said the report, which first showed up in Yahoo. Continue that Iran would likely view the killing or prosecution of a U.S. official like Trump as an equivalent in rank and stature to Soleimani. See, this, this has been my great fear with the constant vile and obsessive attacks on Trump, the things that they say about this man. And the various prosecutors trying to destroy this man. Whether it is a, a, a foreign regime like Iran or a terrorist organization or a nut job in our own country, I fear for Donald Trump's safety. Because of what Lynn Cheney's doing and Adam Kingsinger's doing and Nancy Pelosi and that whole crowd are doing. Because of these never Trumpers and what they say because of the corrupt American media, the Biden so-called Justice Department. Just think about all the things that have been said about this guy from the Democrats and the media and the never-Trumpers over the last five years. None of it's been true. He didn't commit this crime. He didn't commit that crime. He didn't collude with this one. He didn't collude with that. None of it's been true. And now they're trying to prevent him from running for office. That's what they're trying to do. And I want to address that further in the uh, third hour. What do I mean by that? 
There's something they have up their sleeves. And I mean it. If they can't get an indictment, or they decide not to do it, there's something else they have up their sleeves. Mayor Bowser of Washington, D.C. is an incompetent buffoon. Nonetheless, she's very upset by the thousands of illegal aliens who are being bussed to Washington, D.C. She says, we have nowhere to put them. Our, our shelters are overflowing. Really? And she says, people are being tricked. Tricked to hop on buses in Texas and Arizona to come to Washington, D.C. She said uh, on one of these phony Sunday shows yesterday. And then somebody said, well, who's tricking them? Well, she didn't know exactly. She didn't really know. She said many of them are moving on. That This isn't their final destination. Now, how does she know that? She interviewed them? She doesn't have the foggiest idea. And she's complaining about local taxpayers shouldn't be picking up the tab. But what does she think is happening in Texas and Arizona and Florida and in so many other states? What does she think is happening? That's what's happening. So I want to salute Governor Abbott. He's been busing illegal immigrants to Washington, D.C. since May. He's giving uh, Bowser and the local government in Washington, D.C., a flavor of what it's like. Not even close, but a little flavor of what it's like down on the border. And Bowser doesn't like it. That's why my plan is you move the entire federal government right down there on the border. Right in El Paso, Texas, close enough. Although our friends in El Paso probably don't want it, but move them down there. See what happens. They probably don't care, do they? Muriel Bowser says they're being tricked to get on the buses, but she doesn't know who's tricking them. She's an idiot, like the rest of the left. They're all idiots, as far as I'm concerned. Well, Mr. Producer, I think now is the time to... uh, to talk about uh, the economic situation with Jared Bernstein. Who's Jared Bernstein? Who are all these people? Jared Bernstein is the economic advisor to the president, one of several. You've got Brian Deese. He's the director of National Economic Council. I hope you saw my, uh, or heard my monologue last night. Obviously, Sarah, whatever, Rump at the media did her best to pay attention, but she has attention deficit, I think. What's that? I guess she did. Here's, here is uh, Jared Bernstein. Um, let's get cut nine ready here with Dana Bash, CNN yesterday. Go. The president just returned from Saudi Arabia. He met with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Um, I want you to look at this image. I know you've seen it. Uh, the world has seen it. The fist bump. And the reaction has been swift because this is a man who ordered the brutal murder of a journalist, and then his body was dismembered with a bone saw. Jamal Khashoggi's fiance said if he were alive today, he would say, is this the accountability you promised for my murder? The blood of MBS's next victims is on your hands. Why is he fist bumping a murderer? 
Well, Dana, you're notice, talking... notice she never asked, why is he giving $500 million to the Abbas totalitarians and the Palestinian authority who have been murdering Jews? Notice she doesn't say that, Mr. Producer. Maybe if they were journalists, maybe she'd be more concerned, Dana Bash. But anyway, go ahead. To an economic policy advisor, and uh, I'm much more able to give you fulsome readout on uh, meetings, not greetings. Okay, so, so is there a deliverable just, out of it? Yeah, so first of all, the president explained his rationale for this meeting quite fulsomely in a, uh, in a Washington Post op-ed that came out. It's there for everyone to see. Let me quote something Jake Sullivan said, which I think is quite resonant. The president's intent on ensuring that there's not a vacuum in the Middle East for China and Russia to fill, that American leadership and an American engagement will be a feature of U.S. policy in this region. Uh, what Jake is saying there, what the president is engaged in here, is trying to stabilize a critical region of this world, something that he has consistently done in his foreign policy work as a senator for many decades. Uh, an economically more secure and stable Middle East is uh, uh, important, I think, for the so American that's people. So that's a long-term goal. Did he actually deliver anything on the road to that from this very controversial meeting? So we saw Saudi Arabia say that it would increase its capacity for oil production, and I'd refer you uh, to them for more information All there. Right, that's but enough. Saudi Arabia can't increase its capacity much. The president of France already told Biden that. They're already almost at max, and here's their problem. They're running out of reserves in the long haul, so they're trying to, they're trying to tamp it down, but they're they're pretty much at max right now, uh, and um, the President of the United States refuses to look inward to allow our companies and our people to produce the oil that we were producing, to produce the gasoline that we're capable of producing. Dana Bash has this guy there, and she doesn't even question him about that. But I would say to Dana Bash, what's more important, Israeli life or a journalist's life? What do you mean? What are you trying to say? What do you think I'm trying to say? What do you think I'm trying to say? I mean, Abbas has been slaughtering Israelis. They've been doing it even this year. And he turns around, Biden, and gives him half a billion dollars. Trump cut it off. So that's a fair question to ask her. Now, as for not leaving a gap in the Middle East, of course they're right about that. Russia has now built a new alliance, a new alliance with Iran and Turkey, ladies and gentlemen. Putin went to the Middle East to do exactly that. China is building a new alliance with Saudi Arabia and Iran, even though they're enemies. So, yes, we need to have an active presence there. But that's not what we get out of Joe Biden. We get a lot of crap, a lot of talk. About a lot of, uh, you know, he's, he's obsessed with, with the Palestinians. Rather than the uh, geopolitical situation going on there. That's why Trump was so smart about this stuff. He understood. Let's deal with the Arab and the Muslim countries. If the Palestinian uh, Authority doesn't want to wake up to this. That's their problem. But we're not going to fund their terrorism. So what happens? Trump's not in office. What does Russia do? They move in. And they're working with now the Iranians and the Turks. And what is China does? It moves in and it's dealing with the Saudis. Just everywhere in the world you look, including our own country, of course, what a disaster. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
You know, the American public is getting pinched right now. Stupid left-wing policies like shutting down the Keystone Pipeline have you paying way more than you should for gasoline, which also raises the cost of your grocery bills, everything. Hard to depend on government, but one thing you can depend on is Pure Talk, because Pure Talk still gives you talk, text, plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. No price increase there. I've told you before, I'm a customer. The 5G coverage, most reliable network in America, U.S. customer service, keeping jobs right here in America, and the CEO is a U.S. veteran. So stop giving your money away to these behemoth corporatists, Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, and subsidizing their causes. Switch to my guys, Pure Talk. With Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret this. So go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month you can literally be switched over to pure talk service in less than 10 minutes so go to puretalk.com and our promo code levin l-e-v-i-n podcast that's levin podcast brian peace this guy's obnoxious director of national economic council on cnn today cut 11 go Look, I'm not going to get into the the uh, true the twos and fro's and the back and forth. What I'll say is this: is that uh, the president, for some time, has been laying out what we need to do on clean energy. We need to provide long-term incentives for investment here in the United States, so that we can uh, create the jobs and the economic opportunity that flow from new clean energy technologies of the future. Uh, we have been encouraging Congress to do that. That's the right thing to do. Uh, but the president also made clear on Friday that if Congress uh, and the Senate is not going to act on that front, then he is going to take the powers that he has uh, with executive authority and take steps on that front. Now, ladies and gentlemen, these are the words of a dictator and a dictator's mouthpiece. If Congress doesn't act, he will. Is that what the Constitution says? If Congress doesn't act, a president can issue executive orders. Where's that? Now, this bird brain has already issued numerous executive orders, as I explained on Life, Liberty, and Levin on Sunday. Unfortunately, Sarah Rump was unable to comprehend it. I was talking too fast for her slow listening. Nonetheless, many of you heard it. He has signed executive order after executive order. He is crippling our fossil fuel industry, crippling it. And he intends to sign more of them. That's what they're saying. So most normal people, normal people, on inflation, they understand, don't keep printing money. Biden wants to print more money and spend more money. It's understood supply and demand. We need more supply. So Biden wants to reduce the supply while the demand remains consistent. Biden's an idiot. But so are the people who work for him and speak for him, like Brian Deese, Director of National Economic Council. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. But I also just want to step back here and remind people that when we're talking about the legislative front, this is the president that passed the most significant economic legislation since Roosevelt. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Just because he passed with Democrats and Democrats only a massive spending and deficit bill doesn't mean it's significant legislation. In fact, that legislation was economically suicidal. You're all paying for it. Go ahead. Significant infrastructure legislation since Eisenhower. Oh, so now he's FDR, he's Eisenhower. 
Go ahead. Let's hear more. More judges since Kennedy and has Wow. And who knew this, Mr. Producer? He's FDR, Eisenhower, and Kennedy all wrapped in one. No, he's not. He's Curly, Larry, and Moe all wrapped in one. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read this secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. We have a problem, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we have many, but... Early on, Joe Biden put out the word to uh, his agencies and his departments that they are to find ways to increase the vote. Now, to your average adult, that would sound like no big deal, but of course, that's not us, is it? What did he mean by that? Well, people are trying to find out. People are asking, what exactly, what exactly are the departments and agencies doing? They all had to have their plans in, and they all do have their plans in. 
And it was sent to Susan Rice, the head of domestic policy, and to the Office of Management and Budget. You may remember that lady. She was the first to testify about women not being women, men not being women, and so forth and so on. But anyway, these are the sort of the hubs. And we know what Susan Rice is capable of. So what are these plans? And they appear to be working with left-wing groups. They appear to be working with left-wing groups. So organizations have filed Freedom of Information Act requests. Members of Congress have written letters asking for answers to this. All of them have been stiffed. So they're obviously trying to do something before the election. And the media don't care. And in fact, if you ask a question, there's something wrong with you. Now last week I played for you no less than 10 minutes. 10 minutes straight of Democrats claiming past elections of Republicans for president were illegitimate. Past elections of Republicans for president were fraudulent. None of them have been charged. None of them have been even questioned. All that said, we want to know what's taking place here. They won't tell us. So here's Adam Kingsinger. He's on Deface the Nation. Now you notice these Sunday shows on the major networks, they keep bringing these reprobates on to speak. So here he is. Cut 14, Mr. Producer. 14, go ahead. Steve Bannon speaks sometimes in hyperbolic terms. Does that indicate to you that there was a level of planning going back that far? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, look, if you look at the president's statements even months prior to the election, he started saying, if we lose, it's because it's going to be stolen. There was, I think it was uh, Chris Steyerwalt came in on our second uh, hearing and talked about that idea of that, the red mirage, how an early in the night it'll look like. How Republic- would Chris Steyerwalt know? He was at Fox. That's all. He worked at Fox. How would he know? These are opinions. None, none of these are factual witnesses. Go ahead. Republicans are winning, and then later it will be the obvious result. Excuse I mean, me, I think- dummy. It was the Democrats who kept talking about mail- mailboxes being removed. Remember that, Mr. Producer? Mailboxes are being removed out of ethnic communities, minority communities. Mailboxes are being removed. And they were the ones raising questions about the voting machines, too. Oh, yes. But the mailboxes thing, I remember going on my Fox show and having to deal with it. And the head of the post office, he's a Trump lackey, a Trump appointee, and he'll do anything Trump tells him to do. And in the middle of the night, these mailboxes are being moved. Oh, they had other conspiracies already. Go ahead. Democrats were ahead in Ohio significantly even at the beginning of the night. Steve Bannon is an agent of chaos. Steve Bannon, in his own words, believes you have to basically burn the system down to rebuild it and fix it. (coughs) Excuse me, that's cholera. What does this have to do with January 6th? Do they have his DNA or fingerprints on anything? If they do, let's see it. 
We're not interested in their opinion of Steve Bannon. We're not interested in their opinion of Peter Navarro. We're not interested in their opinion of Donald Trump. We're not interested in their opinion of anything. Where's their evidence? So they pull all this crap together. Then they're going to give it to the Department of Justice. It's going to use it to try and, you know, oh, look at this. They lied under oath, perjury, false statements, all that stuff. So he's on there trashing this guy, Bannon, who I said I haven't talked to in years. I'm no special pleader for Bannon. I'm a special pleader for the system. He's uh, Mr. Chaos, he called him, or whatever. What does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Go ahead. What he's saying right there is very clearly him saying, no matter what, we're declaring victory. And that is a violation of everything we have to hold dear. So what if he is? What if Steve Bannon is saying, no matter what, we're declaring victory? So what? I don't understand. Is he some kind of Svengali? Does he run the country? Does he run a network? I mean, what are they talking about? Who cares if Steve Bannon does it? Or Ernie Grabatsky does it? I mean, I mean, what are they investigating exactly? Go ahead. Constitution, listen. The only thing we need for democracy to survive is the knowledge that you can vote, that that vote counts, and we live with the winner or loser. If half the country believes I don't remember that you raising any of this stuff in 2016, moron. Any of this stuff. With Russia collusion or any of it. They were raising questions about the legitimacy of the election. I don't remember hearing anything from Kingsinger. Kingsinger's a Trump hater. He always was. Like Dizzy Lizzy. We don't need lectures from head case Kingsinger. Or Dizzy Lizzy on the Constitution or anything of that sort. All through that period of Russia collusion, they dragged the country for two and a half years. And they're doing the same thing right now. They're trying to cobble together some kind of a case on the most ambiguous interpretations of criminal law that they can think of. That's what's going on here. Go ahead. It wasn't accurate. Mm -hmm. You can't expect democracy to survive. And what is it with these guys you can't expect democracy to survive? If you don't listen to them, democracy can't survive. That's what I mean. They have a big, big regard for themselves. So we have these votes, and if you you can't accept the votes, we can't expect democracy to survive. They haven't looked into any of the hundreds of lawsuits brought by the DNC, brought by this guy Ellis on behalf of the Clinton campaign in the states and the changes that were made. They haven't looked into any of the, the, uh, the decisions made by elected judges and um, governors and, and uh, secretaries of state in violation of Article 2. That's what their oversight should be. But their oversight, this is the Donald Trump attack committee. That's what it is. Nothing more, nothing less. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I think Newsom is the uh, the Trudeau of, of, uh, of America, don't you? Good hair. Sort of a girlish figure, Mr. Producer. And, uh, and dumb as hell. 
I really believe that. Dumb as hell. Those ads he ran in Florida, I saw them. I mean, that, I mean, that sort of underscored to me what an empty suit this guy is. So don't be, don't be persuaded by his hair and his girlish figure. He definitely is the Trudeau of America. In other words, a moron, you know, kind of looks like a mannequin, in my humble opinion. All right, we'll take some calls here. Ethan, Greenwood, Indiana, XM Satellite. Greenwood is where the, uh, I believe the mall was lo- is located, correct? Yes, sir. Go right ahead, please. Yeah, Mark, I just wanted to call and uh, ask you a question, you know. Um, the the, mar- the uh, mall there is actually a gun-free zone, and I just can't help but think that even though he was looked at as a hero, is it possible that the private sector could sue him or press charges? Nobody's going to sue him. Not really. I mean, the only kind of case you can bring against somebody would be a civil case, and he didn't violate anything civilly that I can think of. And he saved a whole bunch of lives. So, no, I don't see that happening. All these malls are gun-free, so the the enemies of civilization know to go in there and shoot people. It's like the schools. If you were to say, uh, we have carry permits in the, in this mall, you know, or the town does, and uh, we're loaded for bear, I don't think somebody would go in there and shoot it up. Do you, Ethan? No, sir. And, you know, the funny thing is, is this is uh, just now recently become a constitutional carry state, and... Um, there are a lot of concerns around here about whether that's going to be an issue or not. And, you know, there have been, you know, killings and murders and stuff. But Indiana has never seen anything like this before. And um, it's it's just not a good look. I mean, no, it's um, not a good look. Been, but know, on the other hand, this man saved a whole bunch of people. Right. He took out the killer. I oh, mean, yeah. imagine how fast he acted. The guy comes out of the men's room. Shoots a, shoots a fellow who's standing right outside the men's room, shoots him dead, then pulls out his, and, and then takes his rifle, shoots uh, a couple sitting at a table, then shoots into the food court. And this guy, apparently at some distance away, cool as a cucumber, he pulls out his pistol and uh, and shoots the killer. The killer apparently is shot, tries to get back to the bathroom, and then uh, falls on his face. It's the way you need it to end. All right, Ethan, thank you for your call. Let us continue. Tom, Tom's River, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go right ahead. God bless you, Mark. That's that's number one. Number two is, uh, look, we went through uh, Russia, Russia, Russia. Now we're going through Trump, Trump, Trump. Uh, I want to know who authorizes these people to be paid with our tax dollars, who authorizes them to go ahead and do all this? Nancy Pelosi? I just don't get it, but it's really ticking me off because we're paying $5 a gallon for fuel. The food prices are out of sight if you can find what you're looking for. And the American people are really taking a hit. And, and, and you know what? China and Russia are laughing. They've got to be laughing. Our They're main, on the move. Our main enemy right now is the Democrats, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. and you want to talk about discrimination? Well, Trump is the one being discriminated against. 
Biden's got blood on his hands with the people that died on the bus, the 13 that died overseas. And who are they putting all their money and their efforts into Trump? And how long is this going to go on? I'm sick of it, Mark. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. I'm sick of it, too. And uh, I'm not a special pleader for anybody. I'm a special pleader for the Constitution or the rule of law. But I cannot stand mobs and I cannot stand bullies. I just never could, even as a little kid. My kindergarten teacher, her name was Mrs. Benson, God rest her soul, told my mother, you know, Mark, uh, Mark stood up for this little girl, you know, against a very big kid. And she said, because my Mark can't stand people being pushed around. I don't know what it is. My mother and my father, but I, I cannot stand it. What they're doing to Trump, you know how easy it is to pile on somebody. You know how easy it is to throw out their theories and conspiracies and collusion. You know how easy it is to just trash somebody left and right like this guy. And for a prosecutor or serious prosecutors to actually consider taking actions like this when they know better. I mean, it's just it's, it's just appalling. So I'm with you, Tom. You take care of yourself. I know exactly where Tom's River is. Very nice area. Kyle, Indianapolis, Indiana, XM Satellite. Go right ahead. Hi, Mark. Um, I'm here with my daughter. We're driving home. She says hi, by the way. She's five years old. Hello, uh, we sweetie. We listen to you every single night. And uh, I've called you a few times over the last three to six months. Um, on the first of this month, Governor uh, signed, uh, he signed into law. Uh, he repealed the uh, license to carry uh, um, requirement. Right, wait a minute. Is your governor, the governor of Indiana, signed a law to repeal the right to carry? No, no, no. I'm sorry. The, you don't have to have a license as of July 1st to carry. Oh, you can just carry. Eric handgun. I apologize. No, it's no um, problem. So anyway, so since that's happened, um, I know a lot of people that are continuing, that new people that are continuing to arming themselves. Uh, Indianapolis. I grew up in Indianapolis. Very, very nice area. I'm just going to say I'm proud of the individual that did take it upon himself with a ton of courage uh, because of a, a father of a five-year-old like myself. I would have done the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what America is about. Uh, we're not wussies. We're not people that are going to lay down and let dictatorship take over. Indianapolis is becoming mm-hmm. a lot more violent. Homicide rates, we're on pace this year to break our homicide record from last year and then from 2018. Uh, so, you know, home invasions are up here. I hope people, you know, criminals are going to get wiser uh, because people are getting armed here and we're not going to tolerate uh, being terrorized here. So. That's really Good. all I wanted to say, and I appreciate everything you do. My daughter, my five-year-old, and I listen to you uh, every What's day. her name? Um, she more or less. Wait, what's your name? Alea. She said Alea. Hi, Alea. That's a beautiful name. I'll bet you're a beautiful young lady. You have a wonderful father there. All right. You guys take Thank care you. of yourselves, Thank Kyle. You so Thanks much, for Mark. the call, buddy. All right. Let us continue. Nicholas, Liverpool, New York, XM Satellite. Go right ahead. Hey, what's going on, Mark? Honored to talk to you. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Um, yeah, basically, you were, you're, 
you're always 100% on the money with, with the climate change thing. We got this, you know, Sri Lanka, basically their government fell apart. The Netherlands, they're shutting farmers down. These people are insane um, over this CO2. It's not a pollutant. CO2, plants love it. It helps plants grow. So we got CO2 at, they say, 4.5 million year highs, but temperature is not unusually warm. We've increased one degree Celsius since coming out of the crazy cold little ice age around, like, 1850. I mean, everyone knows it was ridiculously cold. They were having, like, ice fairs. And over the last 12,000 years, it's called the Halocene period or something. So we came out of the ice age. Uh, Man, yeah, you're, 12, you're good. And you know what's interesting to me, Nicholas? A mere 40, yeah. 45 years ago, somehow all the scientists at NASA, somehow all the scientists at the universities and colleges, Somehow the United Nations thought the world was going to cool. Now they think it's going to heat. Now they got it all down right, the nomenclature, just climate change. If it was so obvious, it's so true, how did they miss it so badly? Thanks, buddy. You know, that guy's a truck driver, smart dude. new american revolution starts here the mark levin show call in at 877-381-3811 see all these criminal investigations going on here in atlanta ap republican u.s representative jody heiss of georgia has been subpoenaed to testify before a special grand jury investigating whether former president trump and others illegally tried to interfere in the 2020 election they have a new uh a new way to attack Republicans and Trump, and frankly, any conservative is going to run. People better pay attention to this. They better pay attention to this. You've got investigations going on in Albany, New York. You've got investigations going on in New Jersey. You've got an investigation in Atlanta. You've got an investigation in Washington. And none of them are investigating Democrats. All of these investigations are led by Democrats. Pelosi in the House the hack DA in Atlanta, the hack uh, attorney general in, uh, in Albany and so forth. No investigations. No investigations in any of these local DAs over Russia collusion. No investigations over Black Lives Matter. No investigations of any of this sort of thing. No deba- demands for Pelosi's tax returns or none of it. It's all one-sided. It's all one way. It's grotesque. Now, they talk about interfering in the election, trying to overturn the election. The election isn't over until the electors are counted. And under the Constitution, whether they like it or not, you can work the state legislatures, you can work the system, you're allowed to do it. Whether it's wise or not is a separate issue, it's not a crime which is why nobody's ever been charged with it. How about all the lawsuits that were brought to subvert the election rules in the states in violation of Article 2? Any DA investigating that? The Department of Justice investigating that? Of course not. Anybody subpoenaed over that? No. No. So here you have a rogue runaway DA with a special grand jury. Lindsey Graham, Jody Heiss... Republicans all. Brian Kemp. Her name is Fannie Willis. 
That's right, you heard it. Fulton County DA Fannie Willis. This isn't objective, it's a joke. And so more and more they use the rule of law against the rule of law. That's what I've had enough of, period. All right, Mr. Producer, let's see here. Let's hope my call screen is still up. I think it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Okie doke. Here we go. What the hell's wrong with this computer anyway? Who should I speak to, Mr. Producer? Who is it? Alex, the great WABC New York. Go right ahead, please. Hey, good evening, Mark. Thanks so much for taking the call. I'm sorry for the noise. It's pouring rain out here, and I'm stuck in a gazebo on a field here upstate. But I wanted to ask you... <laughs> well, there's you a whole with... story behind that. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, sorry. Uh, I wanted to ask you, because I feel like this January 6th hearings actually worked out very well for the Democrats, because they incited so much hate in the Democratic Party against President Donald Trump that me and a bunch of my friends, and actually one of them is, was a, just a massive fan of you, Isaac March, we don't want Trump to run in 2024 because I don't feel like he could win the general election. The Democrats are going to come out so strongly against him that I don't feel like he's going to win that. The general, he could win what the What do you think primary. they'll do to any Republican? Look, they're already taking shots at DeSantis. I'm serious. They are desperate, desperate to hold on to this White House and, and continue their agenda. But it's not the same as President Trump. They don't have no, the No, it's not, because he's had five years of this. I agree with that. But we have to be smart about this. I'm not telling you what I'm doing. I'm just saying what they're going to do is use Republicans to attack Republicans. What they're going to do is use the useful idiots like Kingsinger and Dizzy Lizzie. They're going to try and cripple Trump, but they're not taking their eyes off DeSantis. They're not taking their eyes off of any of the others. And they've already taken shots at them with their little hit pieces in the media and so forth. So keep your eyes open. We'll see how it plays out. And Mark, I also wanted to say about the Uvalde shooting, which is totally off topic, but I thought about it yesterday because of the new reports that came out about that. I think that what happened to Uvalde is the ramifications of all this hate that Democrats have started up against the cops because I don't think that the cops were afraid to go into the building to take out the shooter. I don't think they were afraid of getting shot by the shooter because it was a supervisor who told them not to go in, and he was not going to go in and confront the shooter. I think the reason why he was scared to send his people in is because what if the shooter was a black person, or what if I they... I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. doesn't matter. And they knew he wasn't a black person. All that said, it doesn't matter. You hear shots being fired, somebody's breached an elementary school, you go in and you take care of business. Thanks for your call. That had nothing to do with race. I'm, in, I'm on, I see it. Thank you, though. Amanda, Wilkesboro, North Carolina, on the Mark Levin app. Go right ahead, please. Hi, um, I was just thinking I would personally feel very safe if I went to a restaurant that said, hey, if you show that you have a concealed carry permit, then we'll give you a free dessert or 10% off your meal or something like that. I think that would be a big, not only it would help keep the place safe, but I think it would kind of bring things into a more public, comfortable place for people. Now, that's interesting. So you're saying incentivize it because we don't do that. Yes. It's not a bad idea, not just with restaurants, but 
generally speaking. I think that's a good idea. Good idea, Amanda, North Carolina. Thank All right, you. you take care of yourself. Let's go to Austin in Bloomington, Illinois, on the Mark Levin app. Austin, go right ahead, please. Mark, thank you so much for everything you do. You are a great American. Hopefully you go down with the Foundry Fathers. I bought three of the last books and gave a couple away well, for you. That, but thank you. Can you imagine what they'd be doing at my home? The history of Mark Levin's home. This is where he sat and plotted. This is where he... Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. No problem. The Steve Bannon thing, it's the same thing the left always does. They use the Constitution when they it works for them and not when against them. In this case, they're going to charge Steve Bannon like he's part of uh, Trump's team, and he's working in the White House, and that's how they're bringing him in there. And all they have to do now, all they have to do is charge him with not complying with a subpoena to Congress. That's all they have to do. But a private because the because the judge took away almost all of his defenses. That's it. Happened when they put Trump in jail. They're 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 going to come after Trump, and they're they're going to they're going to perp walk. They do that. I think they're going to be uh, lighting fuses that are that are a big mistake. I really do. I worry about that. You there? What they do to our children. I'm here, Mark. I have stopped you with my genius. All right, Austin. Thank you. Ronald, Sparks, Nevada, XM Satellite. Go right ahead. Yes, sir. Boy, oh, boy. Hey, you know what? I want to say, you know, they put uh, Newsom up there. Uh, what's his name? From California up there at the White House to... Uh, present you know a mindset you know charismatic and all that kind of thing like uh, obama was i don't think he's charismatic they, unless people think dumb as a doorknob is charismatic <laughs> i said he's uh, he's got a lot of hair and a girly figure i know but i think DeSantis ought to be president and mr trump ought to be speaker of the house well ain't happening but thank you for your call i appreciate it and Ventura, California, 870 The Answer, the great KRLA, where we are live and national. Go right ahead. Dittos, Mark. You're great. Thank you. Um, I would vote for Trump. If he runs, I'm going to vote for him. I want him back in office, and I want him to finish the job. I think this double impeachment is evil, and I think the Democrats, the Democratic Party, is evil, and they need to be destroyed. And I think you need to keep your eyes set on doing just that, destroying the Democratic Party and getting Trump back in office. That's the best chance for this country to stay alive and well. All right, and thank you for your call, and we shall return. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks have uh, looked into that event in Florida, Hollywood, Florida, this Friday and Saturday. I uh, very much look forward to going to that, and I hope you will be there. I'll talk a little bit more about it tomorrow. All right, let's see here. Gee, Welkers, what have I done? <laughs> I apparently have lost the call screen. Okay, I'll type in my name. Hold on, folks. I'm here. Don't worry. Okay. Whew. Marianne, 
New, what is it? Jersey City, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go right ahead. Hi, I love you. I love you. I love you. I've been listening Thank to you, you for almost 30 years. Um, I was saying that I was thinking how a certain few families have been in charge of the presidency for so many years. So we had the Bushes and we had Clinton and we had Obama with Biden. Biden was there. And um, they were trying to get in Jeb Bush and uh, Hillary Clinton to continue it on. So uh, if you add it all up, it was 28 years before Trump got in. So I was thinking, like, why would they be working so hard to get Trump impeached to get him and out of the office to keep him from running again. And I really do think there's something they can't control him. He's not one of them. And there's mm-hmm. something big, big, big that each of them have to f- be fearful of for someone else to find out. Well, they're fearful of him there. because you're exactly right. He's the anti-establishment. That's what he is. He's the anti-establishment in every way. And that rubs some people the wrong way. And yet when you look at what he did with his policies, the man made promises and he kept them. He certainly fought like hell to keep them, even if he couldn't, but he certainly tried. And that's different for, you know, we're not used to seeing that sort of thing in modern times. And uh, neither is his party. His party, a lot of Republicans are all talking, no action. Trump is action. And I agree with you 100%. It's like DeSantis in Florida. That guy's action. Just is. All right. I want to thank you for your listenership. I appreciate that. Dave Blouton, Indiana. Mark Levin app. Go right ahead, please. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. If the Republicans take over Congress in November, both houses, especially the House, would they have the constitutional and legal right to defund and stop financing everything Biden and the Democrats have done so far? No money for the projects and programs. Well, there's a couple of ways to look at this. Number one, anything that's been done by an executive order ought to be undone by an executive order because it's not the law. So that's number one. So women should be treated like women. People should be treated like human beings, not based on their race or ancestry or whatever it is. And all those things should be undone. We should be embracing the strength of America, including our our uh, energy industries, but all of our private sector so we can compete against the world and win and make lives better in the United States for our people. We should continue to decentralize the government. These things can be done. I think a lot of Republicans get hooked on the, uh, on, on the uh, drug of uh, big government, and uh, they, have, they participate in the spending spree. You look at this Murkowski in Alaska. She's depending on Democrats to get reelected. You look at Liz Cheney in Wyoming, she's depending on Democrats to get nominated. Uh, Collins always has to depend on Democrats, too. That's fine if the Democrats come along and support your principal positions. Now, as for Congress, you know, you do have the filibuster, you do have that system. But I do think the Republicans should be uh, beating down the Democrats with the same tools they tried to beat down the Republicans with. I don't favor getting rid of the filibuster. I don't. But we need to make the kind of threats, the kind of investigations, the kind of subpoenas. We need to do impeachment of Biden, who's been violating federal immigration laws and other laws. That The Republicans have got to get the strength to do it. And I can tell you one man who will not. 
and that's Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell has been riding the tide of various Republican election cycles for his entire career. The uh, Tea Party, and yet he trashes the Tea Party. MAGA, and yet he trashes MAGA. He's no damn good, that guy, as far as I'm concerned. Dave, thank you, my friend. Let's keep moving quickly. Joseph, Florida. Florida? Where are you, Joseph? Simple thing. Florida, New York. Uh, There's a Florida, New York? Simple thing. Should be in New York, yes, Florida. Sir. Go ahead. Yes. Yep. Simple thing. You yes. need Trump in office for the next four years, then get Ron DeSantis in because the Republican Party needs strong leadership, and both of them have it, and hopefully within 12 years we'll get somebody else in there. All right, Joseph. Not a bad idea one way or the other. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, that hero in Indiana. Thank you. Our truckers and the men and women in Ukraine, God bless you. And ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you.